Welcome to our yard. To our right we have the caviar and schnapps and to the left we have Joffrey our giraffe who is drunk on Don Perignon. Stupid Joffrey. Anyways. Here's episode 1 of Outrageously Unnecessary. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary. This is a brand new podcast that Katie and I are doing uh, about all of the just absolutely ostentatious shit that the wealthy have basically bought or made for themselves or done to society throughout the ages. Because so far as I can tell, pretty much as long as there have been rich people, there have been people spending their money incredibly stupidly but in a way that entertains me just so terribly much so i guess we should probably introduce ourselves huh probably yes probably okay so uh i'm Haley. <laughs> that's Haley, and i'm katie <laughs> and Hi, well- yeah. welcome to my show katie how would you uh how would you like to uh be a guest on a podcast i would love nothing more than to uh, you would love nothing think, more i don't than... think i'm a guest i think i'm a, i'm a co-host i'm, I'm your i think co-host. you are a co-host if we're being perfectly honest here considering that i'm not doing this podcast without you because then it would be kind of weird yes it would you wouldn't have anyone to react to um such extravagant purchases no absolutely not and so uh basically the premise of our show is going to end up being that uh we're each going to bring a story of a rich person's uh, extravagant expense that they have made. Generally, mine will be poorly researched. No, they're both probably going to be somewhat poorly researched. Like, we're doing this for fun. We're not professionals. We're doing this based off of, like, Wikipedia articles and websites that we've seen on stuff. And we're doing it because it entertains us. Um, So, no guarantee as to whether or not this information is factual. Um, yeah, we're we're hoping it's factual because we wouldn't want to be peddling incorrect information. But if we get stuff wrong, then we get stuff wrong. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But it, we're just going to end up telling stories to each other. Uh, we're each going to bring one thing to the table and uh, sit down and and tell our finely woven tale to the other one. Yeah. And uh, Haley, Haley wrote a paper. Um, I looked up a couple <laughs> people and found a website. So if that kind of gives you an idea of. I got a little excited. And also, I think that perfectly explains just our friendship and our <laughs> Haley personalities. Wrote a paper and I last second scrambled my way to find somebody to talk about. Isn't that how you graduated high school? Pretty much. That's how I live my life. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, uh, I believe maybe not the best way to live your life, but it's certainly an exciting one. Uh, I think I'm doing OK. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think you're doing, I think I'm doing all right. I mean, I mean you, you own two cats. You have a loving girlfriend. You're uh, I don't know. You're doing pretty well in most people's books. I like to think so. I mean, maybe I don't have a real person job, but who needs a real person job? You're making money. It's better than no job. True. I am. I. Yeah. OK. We're getting off topic. Anyway, we are getting off topic, but eh, whatever, whatever. OK, <laughs> so who wants to begin this round? I think that you should go first because I'm still uh, I'm still balls deep in research over here <laughs> trying to figure out my life. 
So tell me your tales. So basically, while I'm telling you the story, you're only going to be half listening and you're going to be slowly like typing into your computer, just like things on rich guy. No, I mean, I have I have some stuff and some things. It's just I didn't necessarily read the entire article, the whole website, whatever. I mean, that's okay. I mean, the fact that you have an entire website is like, you've got a bunch of information to choose from. I just had a couple of like weird articles to choose from, but they all seem to like coincide with their information. So like, sure. I mean, one of them was the BBC and the other was National Geographic. So if those guys aren't reputable, then Jesus. (laughs) Then where are we in this world? (laughs) Because I watch so much BBC. So much BBC. (laughs) So many animal documentaries. (laughs) <laughs> big fan i'm a big fan of animal documentaries yeah uh planet earth that's some good shit is that planet, done by bbc planet earth is some good shit and yes it is done by bbc i mean they i'm not planet joking earth. that it isn't good shit it's wonderful shit and now they have planet earth 2 available on netflix that's <laughs> we are not sponsored by Netflix. God, we're I wish we were. not sponsored by anybody. This is no, the first, first episode. I mean, if we were already sponsored, I think we would be able to figure out fucking I mean, audacity. We're coming up on like <laughs> we're coming up on like five minutes of bullshit. And it took us an hour to figure out how to record on audacity. On hour, so it took us like an hour and a half. Are you kidding? So if that's just letting anybody know, like our level of prowess here. This is how much we know how to work the computer. Oh, God. It's not I work going on a computer well. for a living. I don't know how to do anything on the computer, but I sit at one all day. That's impressive. That is really impressive. I know. It makes my back hurt. Get a good chair. I think I need one of those little lumbar support Okay, pillows. anyways. So, Haley will be going first. Um, I think she brought a pretty interesting uh gentleman to the table uh she told me a little bit about him and she sent me a website related to him which between you and me (laughs) i might have clicked on the link and immediately closed the website just to say (laughs) i opened it proud of you thanks thanks for paying attention but um in the future we won't be telling each other what we're doing but this round we both got a little bit too excited because i mean this uh this whole idea was kind of spurred on by the fact that one i read about this man who i'm about to present and two uh i read about uh ozzy osbourne uh ordering three thousand dollars worth of ice to cool off his pool and when i heard that i just had this moment of logical solution it only lowered his pool by like three degrees because that's how ice works ozzy that's how ice works Uh, nobody told him apparently nobody told him but then like sharon was like you're not allowed to order any more ice ozzy stop that shit (laughs) stop ordering ice stop ordering ice you senile old man uh so yeah it's that kind of extravagant spending that really had me going like oh my god i wish that i had this much money to just waste on filling my pool with ice because my pool water is a little bit too hot. <laughs> you know, my pool's feeling a little too warm today. Mm, I just go fall, go fall. Right, because all rich people go guffaw, guffaw. Right. <laughs> they do. It's a staple of who they are. Um, 
I think as soon as you hit roughly a million dollars, just something changes in your brain and it's like, mm, very fancy, quite fancy, pinky out always. Oh, when in doubt, pinky out. When in doubt, pinky out. Okay. okay, so let's get going on my guy. It so, took us eight minutes to get it here. It took us eight minutes to get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the person that I am bringing to the table is Pablo Escobar. And um, let's go ahead and start reading everything that I wrote here. Pablo Escobar was a Colombian drug lord, a.k.a. known as, uh, a.k.a. means as known as, god damn it. Also known as, known <laughs> as. <laughs> Also, you know, we're, changing, we're changing the name of our podcast from outrageously <laughs> unnecessary to Haley and Katie don't understand grammar. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say that we were going to change it to also known as known as. Oh, <laughs> or we could change it to also known as known as. I wouldn't say no to that podcast. Anyways, <laughs> Pablo Escobar was known as the king of cocaine. And uh, he is the wealthiest criminal in history. Uh, he was responsible for shipping drugs, mostly cocaine, all across the world. But we he mostly don't get the name uh, de- what things other than cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was mostly shipping cocaine, mostly to the U.S. But he did have reaches all across the world, and he started in the mid '70s until he was killed in 1993. Which, spoiler alert, yeah, he was killed. He's dead. Uh, so he he's he's super dead. Uh, but in that almost 20 year reign of Pablo, of like shipping drugs, Pablo Escobar was responsible for quite a few things. He was responsible for 70 to 80 tons of cocaine being shipped to the U.S. a month in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say total, but a no, month. No, Holy shit. A month. That's so much fucking cocaine. That is so much cocaine. Yo, oh, my, my God. That's so much goddamn cocaine. Uh, wow. So th- uh, the fact that he- that was what was happening in the 80s is really why cocaine is associated as like the 80s party drug. Because Pablo so we can Escobar. we can thank Pablo Escobar for that. Um, he was also responsible for the construction of like houses and football fields and by Made football, out of I mean, no, no, not out of cocaine, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> out of, uh, well, shit. Now I lost my place. No, he built houses and football fields in Western Colombia, which made him like super popular among the locals of the town, uh, towns that he frequented. So pretty much he was beloved by all of his friends and neighbors. Did but they he know was, what he was doing i think they did but they kind of waved it aside because they were like oh he builds us houses and he takes care of us but like he was a shit show of a person who helped almost single-handedly cause colombia to become the myrtle murder capital of the world good lord i couldn't get that sentence out okay so yeah colombia murder capital of the world uh but i'm not here to tell you about Colombia being the murder capital of the world. What I'm here to tell you about is the fact that Pablo Escobar amassed a net worth of $30 billion by the early 90s. Really? Wow. Yeah, which uh, today is about $56 billion. Uh, so he had money coming out of his ass. Like he sat down and just like, oh, hey, there's a 50. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he would sit down and go, hmm, 50 million. <laughs> just 50 chump change give that to the children outside uh, <laughs> Seriously. please sir can I have some money 
I don't know why the little Colombian children suddenly turn into Victorian England children, but <laughs> I think it would. I continue. Yeah, but anyways, thirty billion dollars. I don't know what a fr- like person even does with this fucking money. Uh, but so, like, I have no idea what to do with it. Pablo Escobar knows what to do with it. He built himself a place called uh, Hacienda Nepolis, which uh, is a seven point seven square mile. Um, estate i guess would be the best word of it uh it, it's a house like the main house it has a sculpture garden a classic car storage facility uh, a private airport a go-kart track a bullfighting ring and i'm sorry did zoo. you say a private airport i just got i got lost on that one <laughs> yeah shit. yeah he has a private airport um he has a private airport and i will tell you more not about the private airport but about uh pablo escobar's plane in just a second <laughs> because um uh, yeah the the entrance gate to his estate is possibly one of the best fucking things because uh he pretty much shows himself to be the most extra man on the planet because the entrance gate has a plane on top of it i'm sorry Uh, like are we talking like a 747 (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's like a little prop plane, but it's still, you know, a plane. Jeez. Uh, but this plane has sentimental value to Pablo Escobar because it was the very first plane that transported his cocaine to the U.S. Oh, Bobby, that's so precious. I know. So, so little Pablo's got a sentimental side. Clearly. Uh, but yeah, so basically uh, he just went ahead and stuck that on top of his entrance gate. <laughs> that's Uh, that's a nice touch i know isn't that wonderful and it's still there to this day which by the way the colombian government took ownership of the property when escobar was killed in 93 what they do with it uh they've been converting it into a museum slash theme park that's mildly terrifying right (laughs) like it feels weird that they're just kind of like hmm thousands of people died because of this man might as well turn his shit into a theme park uh, what are they going to call it? Escobar Land. Escobar Land. I actually don't know what it's called. That didn't come across that in my studies. That's cocaine probably world. something I should have. The cocaine world. Bring the children. <laughs> oh, no. Come, children. It's snow. It's snow, kids. Frosty the cane man. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, so yeah, they currently own that shit, but they decided to keep his entrance gate. Uh, and <laughs> when you go in, uh, you will see that the grounds hold uh, a sculpture garden, which apparently Escobar built for his son because there are life-size dinosaur sculptures. What? And um, yeah, so life-sized dinosaur sculptures not lifelike because they look like cartoons oh my Uh, god that's terrifying oh my god they i found a photo of a t-rex fighting a triceratops and uh it, it it legitimately looks like an old like claymation godzilla movie oh god and i'm actually gonna go ahead and send you a picture of this because I think you'll get an actual kick out of it. Oh, I don't but, know about um, that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's that's coming your way. <laughs> but anyways, <Excited>. so <laughs> Sculpture Garden 
is it's so weird and there's also like a really big sculpture of like a mammoth that you can climb on top of and there's also a giant hand and i have no idea why and i money i guess but (laughs) i don't know like is that something that his children were like daddy we want a big weird sculpture of weird cartoon dinosaurs and a hand I just don't understand. I don't understand. Did you get the photo? Did you send it to, oh, in Discord. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. What what are you supposed to do? Like, how do you play on it? I don't know. I like, uh, no, that's not, that's not a Tarant, that's not a T-Rex. That's like a T-Rex and that one weird, really long-necked dinosaur. Had oh, a oh my God! Up I just, baby. I just hold on. I just found another photo of the hand and the dinosaur and a tank. <laughs> oh, good! I better see these ones. <laughs> yes. No, it's all in one photo, Katie. It's all in one photo. Oh my God! That it's <laughs> not the same dinosaur. <laughs> I think it is the same dinosaur is the issue. No, it isn't. That's the thing. Oh, you're right. That is a different dinosaur. You need to put these pictures up with this because there's no other way to describe describe what you're seeing. So I'm thinking that uh, we'll go ahead and start an Instagram account and uh, and we'll go ahead and post them there. Wow. That is just... Look at the guy. The guys are standing there like, the fuck do we do with this? I know. And I just sent you another picture of the fucking prop plane. That is his Uh, cocaine plane? That's his cocaine plane. That doesn't scream cocaine or anything. I mean, look at the design No, it's only got stripes like a zebra. Good lord. Yeah. So, uh, Pablo Escobar's the best. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. But Katie, there's so much more. Okay, so uh, there's also a bullfighting ring, which Escobar actually held bullfights in, but he it wasn't only for bullfights. He also held uh, concerts in it. Uh, And since the Colombian government has taken it over, it's been turned into an African heritage museum with like huge statues of traditional looking tribesmen and warriors out in the front gates. And I didn't really do a lot of research on this one. And I don't particularly understand why they decided to turn it into an African heritage museum. But like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's. I mean, I feel like it's probably better than bullfighting. Yeah. uh, Interesting choices are being made. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for you, Escobar. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, not Escobar. The Colombian government. They're the ones who did that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, across from the bullfighting ring is a water park with like a really tall and angry looking octopus statue in the middle. And I think it spews water. I don't <laughs> want to be anywhere um, near that octopus's I, I water. I think it's available to the public now. And I don't know if Escobar was the one who actually built it. It may have been the government like building it for part of their theme park. But like, choices. uh, I in my personal opinion, the octopus statue looks like the same guy who made the dinosaur statues. And so if <laughs> because of that, I'm under the impression that Mr. Drug Lord was the one who commissioned that shit. God, I hope so. <laughs> OK, 
and a nice terrifying octopus for the children. Yes. Uh, What do they love? Just massive cracking like tentacles coming down. But it still is going to look like a cartoon to confound all the neighbors. Um, (laughs) So anyways, on to my favorite part, the part that I've been most excited to tell you about. The fact that Pablo Escobar had his own private zoo. So (laughs) Pablo Escobar was so fucking rich that he decided to build himself a zoo and he was kind enough to let the general public wander around it. That made him like really popular with the local kids because like tour buses would come in of all the kids coming to see all the animals and he smuggled in animals for it. He smuggled in animals from Africa. He smuggled in antelopes, elephants, giraffes, exotic birds and hippos. And I don't understand how you smuggle in an I was elephant. Just about to say, how do you <laughs> smuggle in animals that big? Like, like, did the Colombian government know and just be like, nah, it's Pablo Escobar, we can't really do anything about it? Or did he, like, fucking throw a giant tarp over it and be like, no, no, this, uh, no, it's don't mind that. It's a of statue. <laughs> it's a statue I ordered to go with my T-Rex. Uh, Did that thing just move? No, no, not at all. It's animatronic. Uh, Really good animatronics. (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, he has all of these, all these animals. But uh, basically, when he was killed in 93, the government took all of those zoo animals and had them taken to actual zoos to be taken care of. That's probably for the best. Which is probably for the best, except for... The hippos. And I don't understand. <laughs> they decided, what? no, you know what? The hippos are doing fine. <laughs> because fuck the hippos. They'll just kind of stay in that pond over there, right? Okay, but it's really disconcerting that they just left the hippos. They just but left also, the hippos. there's a water park three feet away from the hippos <laughs> that children come to. No, I don't think I don't think that the water park was open to the public then. I think that everything was kind of abandoned for a while and the government happened to own it. And it's only recently that they're uh, letting it become a theme park. Like, I think it was purchased in like 2015, maybe earlier. I'm making so that So what did they up. do about the hippo problem before they opened <laughs> the water park to the public? <laughs> well, they've started converting it back into an actual zoo again. An actual uh, what? An actual zoo. Okay, so they couldn't contain the hippos, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, what was what was left uh, was the hippos. And there were uh, originally three female hippos and one male hippo. And the hippos bred like goddamn rabbits. And there are now an estimated 50 to 60 hippos. Living in Colombia and are an invasive species there now. Like they've escaped out of their pond and have started taking over the local rivers and lakes. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like now that there's 50 to 60 of them, there's too many of them for the government to move anywhere. So I don't understand why they didn't move them in the first place. (laughs) So now there's feral hippos in Colombia. And this is a quote from the BBC article on the hippos. And it it's possibly my favorite quote that I've ever read. It is. (laughs) 
At night, the animals roam the countryside, wandering into ranches, eating crops, and occasionally crushing small cows. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so... And occasionally so crushing small fucking cows. Fucking up everyone's ranches, crushing their livestock, and the, and the best thing about it is that the locals... Love the hippos. I won't let the government do anything about them. What? <laughs> because even though these ginormous, dangerous fuckers, which like hippos are like the most dangerous land mammal ever. Um, yeah, the locals just really love them. They've kind of become a tourist attraction and they're novel to them. So they're like, no, we like our crazy hippo problem. It's OK if we lose a couple of cows. What the hell? <laughs> and so, like, in the same BBC article, there are quotes from the locals who have said that they've caught baby hippos and have tried to keep them as pets. That's a great idea. Isn't that just a, What are you going to do when that hippo gets to the full, like, four tons that it is? You're going to have an adult hippo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I so also, according to an interview with National Geographic uh, with like a hippo representative, the government tried um, to do. OK, first of all, how do I get the title of hippo representative? <laughs> I because know I that was need the actual it. title. <laughs> no, it is now. How do I become the hippo representative for National Geographic? Somebody tell me. <laughs> you just got to apply and hope and wish. <laughs> I need it. I need to figure this become out. Become a hippo expert. No, I want to be a hippo representative. My name is Katie and I speak for the hippos. <laughs> like the Lorax <laughs> speaks for the trees. I speak for the hippos. Is that going to be our episode title? I speak for the hippos. I think that's I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So um, basically, the government tried to do some hunting control with them, but it caused like a scandal because they're now a tourist attraction and all of the locals got really upset and they didn't want their hippos taken away. I don't understand how they don't see that there is a hippo problem. <laughs> I you don't know, have but it's a, a hippo very problem. They're it's killing your obvious, cows. It's a very obvious hippo problem. Like it has escalated from like mm, a small rash that maybe I should get checked out to like full on. You've got hives, buddy. Go to the doctor. Get that taken care of. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like they're at past the point of no return. Like now you just there are hippos. Now there's hippos. <laughs> There's so many hippos. Okay. Um, so anyways, to, to wrap this up, according to Wikipedia, the place has been turned into a Jurassic Park-esque theme park, which like... Featuring hippos? Featuring hippos. <laughs> uh, so the grounds have been rented by a private company, and I think maybe they're the ones who are responsible for the water park. And you can pay money to go there if you really, really want to. And I think you can meet one of the original hippos. I'm not sure if she's the original, but she has stayed in the zoo and her name is Vanessa the hippo. And Vanessa has stayed in her lake and she's now part of the refurbished zoo and she will respond to her name when called. Uh, I am proud of Vanessa the hippo. <laughs> they also have a statue of her in her honor where she's like, st she's, she's standing up like a weird anthropomorphic character and it's like a little cartoon and she's wearing lipstick and it's the weirdest fucking thing that is so uncomfortable so uh 
Yeah, the end. That is the story of Pablo Escobar's hippos. That's horrible. <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> I just I just don't understand. I just imagine having so much money that you you just make your own zoo. But then he's killed and the government's like, oh, this isn't a problem. No, this looks like something we can just leave here. Like, why would you take care of all of the animals except, except the hippos? hippos. I, don't, I don't know. I, I really, don't know. I don't know. That is that is truly a mystery. That is. I don't know. It's just, but it I just makes me smile. My I face, swear. my face hurts because I'm smiling so hard. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I can't imagine being so rich that you buy like eight miles of land and have your own airport, bullfighting ring, this and that. Oh, and there's a zoo and the locals love the zoo. The locals love the zoo. <laughs> And then he gets killed and the government's like, we're going to take care of everything except those hippos. Those hippos are cool. They can stay. They're, they're little self-contained animals. They're yeah. Apparently, Colombia is just like the actual perfect environment for them. There's like no predators. They have as much food as they want. Obviously, there's like, no predators. I mean, good God. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. So uh, how about you? What do you have for me? Nothing as interesting as feral hippos. <laughs> um, so uh, just to, you know, restate the fact that I didn't write a paper. I didn't do a whole lot of research. I mean, I want to say I did a good like 15 minutes of research. I feel like that's a good amount of research, right? I think, right. I think that is good enough. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Good enough. <laughs> Maybe uh, next week I'll like speak for a shorter amount of time because I really went on a rant there about hippos. So. It's fine. You were excited. I am so excited about these hippos, Katie. You don't even know. Anyway, you do know because I just told you. <laughs> I do. I do know now. Yes. Um, OK, but continue. So in my uh, research findings, I didn't really want to go with someone super mainstream, you know, Bill Gates, others, uh, just to name a few people who are well known and oh, rich. Oh, Bill, Bill Gates and others. Oh, yes, Mr. Others, that <laughs> fucking billionaire. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. Um, but in my 15 minutes of solid research, I did come across um, a gentleman by the name of the Sultan of how did I say it was pronounced? Brunei? <laughs> that sounds right. Brunei. I think it was Brunei. Was it Brunei? I think it's probably Brunei. Is it an AI? Um, it's an EI. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. We'll call him the Sultan of Brunei. Um, I think I read his actual name somewhere, probably on Wikipedia. <laughs> It was a very difficult name to pronounce and I would not be able to say it. I had to look up the pronunciation of the word Brunei and I couldn't even remember it. Anyways, um, in, in my research, I found the Sultan of Brunei and uh, in the research. I love his title. It's of such the a Sultan good title. Of Brunei. 
I found a website dedicated solely to his wealth. Yes. The website is titled Sultan of Brunei's Wealth, Cars and Jets. Oh, my God. And there are subsections as well. Yes. He made a lot. And Haley, I mean a fuck ton How of much? just unnecessary purchases. Oh my god. Well, thank you. Outrageously unnecessary is the title of this show. So yes. this is amazing. Yes, it Do is. Go on. Uh so the website goes on to talk about um the fact that in the early 1990s, um, his wealth was estimated to be around 40 billion dollars. Oh my god, that's more than Pablo Escobar. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. $40 billion. Does he do anything for this money or did he like come into this money of like my family happens to be the, the ruling kingdom of Brunei or whatever. So therefore we just have shit loads of money. Um, I mean, he's the fucking sultan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it says it says, uh, let's see. His wealth in the early 1990s was estimated at $40 billion, and some use a similar figure to describe his net worth and assets today. Oh, my God. Other monarchies, such as the one in Saudi Arabia, control states worth more money, but the money is considered an asset of the state, while the Sultan of Brunei's money is closer to a personal asset. What? um, Even though it officially belongs to the state. So (gasps) it's really wishy-washy about where the fuck his money came. Oh, wait. Doodly doodly do. I think it came from oil, honestly. Um, I feel like that's probably an acceptable answer. Even if it's not the truth, that's the one we're going with. Yeah, I mean, oh, wait. Yeah, it says right here. Um, it, the price. Of, yeah, his money. Com- he comes from oil. His money is from oil, awesome. um, which is not surprising because that's where the richest people. Most of their money comes from, except for Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, so he has Bill Gates actually held the title of the position of the world's richest man um, until the late 1990s. What Uh, happened? Bill Gates fucking (laughs) surpassed him. That was a stupid question. Okay. Yeah. So he has fallen to number three on the list by the late 1990s. Who's number two? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In 2008, he was ranked as the world's fourth richest royal uh, Shit, he's just falling apart. $20 billion. Oh my God. So, Poor baby. Poor only baby. 20. He lost a number whole $20 billion. Oh, oh my God. How do you lose $20 billion? How do you get $20 million? No, not, I said billion. Million. Haley, we're talking I billion, billion with a B. Billion with a B. So anyways, he's super stupid fucking rich. So... <laughs> The next section that this website talks about is his extravagant lifestyle. Good. He used to make headlines um, in London for his million dollar shopping sprees. So he would just go on shopping sprees and just shit money. (laughs) And he would just buy completely unnecessary things. Where did he put all of his unnecessary things? Let me tell you. Oh, boy. So his extravagance is legendary. Um, basically a lot of his money went into his $350 million estate. Palace? P- 
palace, yes. And he also owns homes in England and the United States and elsewhere. Oh my God. So he just has a lot of places to go, but his most extravagant one is in his home country, I would assume, <laughs> where he is the Sultan. <laughs> okay, perfect. Most so, expensive one is in Brunei. Okay. Yeah, we'll just say. So it goes on to talk about the fact that the whole family of the Sultan of Brunei um, indulge themselves in lavish parties, polo ponies, race horses, <laughs> yachts, and hundreds of Rolls Royces. I know and, really horse people are going to yell at us, but like, I mean, I don't know. I don't I get it either. I don't understand it. I think it's having a polo pony, pony versus... Versus a racehorse? Do you ride on ponies for polo or are they just calling horses ponies? I don't know. Um, I'm not rich enough to understand polo. I don't I don't know what it is either, because it also talks about the fact that while he was playing polo with Britain's Prince Charles, he once had his polo shoes delivered by helicopter to the palace. What? He had his shoes flown to him. There was a guy who had to take his take? shoes out of his house, put them in a helicopter. He probably buckled them up, fly the fucking helicopter. Is this the house in Brunei? He was playing polo in Britain okay. with the prince. Okay. okay. Forgot his polo shoes because you need polo shoes when playing polo for some reason. Honestly, when I hear polo, I think you water can, polo. He's so rich. Why didn't he go out and buy another set of polo shoes? The fuck surely, surely Prince Charles could have like pointed him in the direction of a place where he could buy some bougie polo shoes. No, the the only logical solution for him was to have his shoes delivered by helicopter to where he was. <laughs> but how long does it take to fly from Brunei? I guess to- short a shorter amount of time than it would take him to go out and buy new fucking shoes maybe they were lucky like did he postpone it for like eight hours and be like i'll play with you in eight hours prince charles who knows um (laughs) i have to wait for my shoes do we know what his shoes look like because i really want them to be gold studded i really hope that they were honestly and i hope the helicopter pilot got paid a great amount of money to bring him his fucking shoes god i fucking hope so poor Uh, poor pilot deserves it seriously um so if that gives you an idea of how much fucking money he has if that doesn't how about this oh no so his palace that he got for 350 million dollars um is on 49 acres of land and it contains 1788 rooms Excuse me? Which, um, there's Did you a quote, say, do, I'm sorry, you said a thousand, right? 1,788 rooms. That's almost 2,000 rooms. Yes. What the actual living fuck? Did he have in those rooms? I don't know. What? Do, how big is his family? Surely he does not have 17,000, like, Well, the only other person it talks them. about... Is his brother Prince Jeffrey? Yes, <laughs> his name is Prince Jeffrey. Yeah, you've got one son who's named the Sultan of Brunei, and I'm then pretty sure the Sultan brother. is not his name. I think his first name is Sultan, and then there's his brother Prince Jeffrey with an I. <laughs> Jeffrey is, but that's the most like posh British name I've ever heard. Like I picture that being like like 
Oh yes, Prince Charles and Prince Jeffrey went out for <laughs> I, I don't know, but let me tell you about this palace, Haley. Yes. So his and palace. I want to hear more about Prince Jeffrey, please. Yeah, absolutely, I've got things to tell you about Prince Jeffrey. Okay, um, palace. So his go. palace um, is it costs three hundred and fifty million dollars and has domes gilded with twenty-two karat gold, one thousand seven hundred and eighty-eight rooms, two hundred fifty-seven bathrooms gold-plated escalators, air-conditioned stables for the Sultan's Argentine pono, polo ponies. <laughs> polo ponies? At one time, he had 200 polo ponies. Oh, um, my God. An 800-car underground garage for his cars. Um, let's see here. It's bigger than the Vatican. It's, it's okay. You like I just want to point out for a hot second here. The Vatican is not just a building. The Vatican is a city state. Yeah. It's bigger than the Vatican. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he has like 200 something bathrooms. I mean that you can you could go to the bathroom in a different bathroom almost every single day for almost a year, for like 3 quarters of a year. Yeah. And not even reuse a bathroom. Yeah. Okay, continue. So it's an incredibly just unnecessarily huge. It can uh, accommodate up to 5,000 guests. That's so many guests. And there is a mosque accommodating 1,500 people and five swimming pools. Why does the, wait, I'm sorry, does the mosque have the swimming pools or does the palace have the swimming pools? (laughs) I don't know. The the palace, the palace, it says it includes a banquet hall that can be uh, expanded to accommodate up to 5,000 guests and a mosque accommodating 1,500 people and five swimming pools. So it looks like they've got pools in the mosque. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Because I was really hoping it would be the mosque. Like, I just really, I don't know what the, what the, Muslim version of mass is, but I really want somebody to be like diving off a diving board into the pool in the middle of mass of Muslim. God, mass. I hope so. <laughs> so, because this is this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It is. It's so ridiculous. Uh, there's <laughs> even there's even a quote in here. Um, it just says it's, there's no name. It says in the words of one Brit- British uh, magnate. Quote, just just a British magnate. We don't know which one. Nope. Um, talking about the, the palace, which is without equal in the world for offensive and ugly display. He considers <laughs> this palace offensive. <laughs> well, he's probably his poor, like, humble British tastes and senses. He's just like, mm, this is obnoxious. <laughs> I, I mean... It is probably one of the most ridiculous and extravagant displays of wealth there ever was, which is a little bit in your face to like oh, only the a poor bit, starving people of the world. Like he could be doing something with this money, but instead he's kicking it with Prince Jeffrey. Haley, do you want to hear? Um, so he's got a, he's very passionate about um, cars. So okay. Let me tell you about his personal collection of over 7,000 high-performance cars, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 7,000. I'm sorry. 7,000? Seven fucking thousand. Seven fucking thousand cars. He, okay. 
So, um, it's, uh-huh. it includes 600 Rolls Royce cars. Okay. That's 600 Rolls Royces. Uh huh. Um, over 300 Ferraris. 134 Cohen gigs. I don't even know what that is. 11 and McLaren F1s. Six Porsches. Um, and a number of luxurious Jaguars. He is also famous for having some of the most luxuriously customized private jets, like a Boeing 747 and an Airbus 340. He's- I think I just really love the fact that it, uh, like, he has a count on all the other cars, but it's just a number, a number of, of Jaguars. Jaguars. <laughs> I don't know what that number is. It could be anywhere. But, I mean, we have 7,000 vehicles to choose from, and we know that there are 600 Rolls Royces. He could so have 5,000 <laughs> of those motherfuckers could be Jaguars. Who knows? <laughs> in, 19, in the mid-1990s, Haley, he was credited, him and his brother, Prince Jeffrey, were credited Jeffrey with supplying... Is Jeffrey equally as rich? Like, does he share his wealth with Prince Jeffrey? I... I don't, I don't, I think at one point they, they like shared the wealth, but I think that there was a lot of legal shit that went down between (laughs) Prince Jeffrey and the Sultan. Oh no, poor Prince Jeffrey. So let me tell you about their um, relationship and the things that they used to do together. Oh, please. So Prince Jeffrey's inner circle refers to to his brother, the Sultan of Brunei, known as the Big One, despite his small size. The Sultan's <laughs> biggest extravagance turned out to be his love for his youngest brother, Jeffrey, his constant companion in hedonism. They raced their Ferraris through the streets of Bandar Seri Begwan, the capital, at midnight, <laughs> sailed the oceans on their fleet of yachts. Jeffrey named one of his tits. He named one of the yachts. <laughs> Tits. It's tenders. Is my, nipple no. one and nipple two. <laughs> Haley. I can't. Jeffrey I can't. did not Jeffrey's know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> Jeffrey was a train wreck. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> No, no, Prince Jeffrey's my new hero, and I don't care what you say, Prince Jeffrey knew exactly the fuck what he was doing. Prince Jeffrey. Prince Jeffrey had goals, and by God, he met them. Prince Jeffrey, when he was a child, probably said, man, I want to have a yacht named Tits and call its tenders nipple one and nipple two. He's just like, Jeffrey's just like, you know what I don't have enough of in my life? Boobs. Boobs. I really need some boobs in my life. And to show my appreciation for the magnificence that is boobs. (laughs) He's going to name a yacht Tits. (laughs) I want to ride on the yacht named Tits. (laughs) So they uh, sailed their oceans on their fleet of yachts. They imported plane loads of polo ponies and Argentinian players to indulge their love for that game. Is, is, is it like well known in the wealthy world that Argentinian polo players are the best polo players? Who knows? Rich people. So okay. They just, they indulged, when they partied, they indulged in just about everything forbidden in a Muslim country. Okay, great. So, 
let me tell you about what happened. I, I didn't, I didn't even look into this. Honestly, I didn't even look into what happened <laughs> between the Sultan and Prince Jeffrey. <laughs> you just know that some sort of something, something went down. Happened. Something went down between the Sultan and Prince Jeffrey. Maybe he oh. got jealous of the fact that he named his yacht tits. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I would be jealous because, I mean, like, what would you do? You can't just name your yacht Tits Two because then you know that, like, Two, <laughs> you've got the second one. It's not as good. You need to have the original Tits. <laughs> the original Tits. I mean, isn't that what like dudes are always saying about like fake Tits? You can't have the fake Tits. You got to have the real Tits. I don't. I don't. I don't the, know what the dudes OG are Tits. Damn, this doesn't this article doesn't talk about what happened. I mean, it talks about a legal battle between what the fuck was that? Are was you that serious? Get down, floof. Oh my god. Oh my god, if he doesn't break something, it'll be a fucking miracle. Floof. I'm I'm leaving this in the podcast. I want you to know. Floof. <laughs> Jesus. Good thing the cord for my headphones is so damn long. Get out of the plant. Get off of the ledge. Go somewhere safer for cats. <laughs> Which one is Floof? Is Floof Orion or Pocket? Floof is Orion. His name is Floof. He figured out how, apparently, how to get up on the kitchen counters. And... I'm sorry, did you rename him from Orion to Floof? And I we, missed we just never. We just him? never called him Orion. We only called him Floof or Kitten Floof. <laughs> I think his name is Floof then. Yeah, it is. But All right. He was just causing mayhem in the kitchen. No, fuck you, Floof. Yeah, Floof. <laughs> God. <laughs> Go. Oh, shit. Sorry, Floof. That was that was a rough throw. <laughs> I don't throw my <laughs> cats. What are you talking throw about? Throw your cat. Good thing I have a 65 pound German shepherd that I literally cannot pick up. <laughs> A good thing. So, God, I'm I'm just lost now. I was talking. I was super into talking about Jeffrey, and now I don't know what the fuck happened. One person described the Sultan and Prince Jeffrey as incredibly dim. I I do want to see separate article on Prince Jeffrey. Where is that? So they're described as incredibly dim. So they're incredibly like stupid. Like their IQ of negative seven, I'm assuming. And they just have access <laughs> to all this money and power. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I found an article called Prince Jeffrey's Legal Problems, Seizure of <gasps> His Assets, and Fallout with the Sultan. No, Prince Jeffrey, how far you have fallen. Go on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's see. So in 1998, Prince Jeffrey was sued in London by Bob and Rafi. Good God. Manoukian, <laughs> Armenian brothers whom Jeffrey met at their London tailor shop. Um, Mark Seal wrote in Vanity Fair, um, the Makunians, Man- Manoukians, uh, went from selling the prince suits to selling him jewelry, cars, planes, boats, and real estate. But when Jeffrey okay. allegedly... Uh, Ren, Ren, Renished? R-E-N-E-G-E-D. They say that. I have no idea. I don't even know what that word means. I don't either. Great. Um, <laughs> on their $130 million in property deals, 
the brother, the Manukians sued. Jeffrey countersued, charging that the brothers had breached their fiduciary duty by marking up the goods they sold him from anywhere to 100 to 600 percent. Jeffrey didn't testify at the trial, but his lawyers, according to Fortune, presented the prince as, quote, a sucker too out of touch to notice the markups because the Manukians had posed as close friends. Okay, just really quickly, how old are the Sultan and and Prince Jeffrey? I have no idea. Isn't there like a birth date somewhere? Oh, my God. Jeffrey also got sued by um, a pair of Syrian born brothers. Jeffrey's just a sucker. Doing what the fuck? Oh my god! Everyone, (laughs) so everyone sues Prince Jeffrey. You're right. Jeffrey is a train wreck. I told you. I think the only thing he did right in his life was name his yacht Tits. (laughs) I think you might be right. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey fell out of favor with the Sultan, the Sultan, and Prince Jeffrey's brother. Quote, Muhammad convinced the Sultan that Jeffrey was going to take them down, said one insider, <laughs> said one insider, launching an investigation. Oh, my God. <laughs> just a lot. So when it's just when you're this rich and you can't exactly you don't keep all your receipts and you can't exactly trace where your money has gone. I feel like I you should you, be tracing where your money has gone if you're that rich. But I think when you're that rich. And you don't do that. I think it really fucks with your brain. It really it probably does. They don't have a damn clue what an actual like reasonable existence is. No, not at all. And so when you can't track down every single cent of your money, you go you like you start like looking at people like, I know you took my fucking money. I know you did it. I think that's what happened. Except why are they worried? Why are they worried about their money? They have enough. They have enough backup money. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you have $40 billion to your name, I think you can lose some of it. Apparently, according to the Sultan, you can't. (laughs) So this, so Jeffrey lost a bunch of money and the Sultan was like, little brother, you're my favorite little brother, but no longer can I trust you with any of my shit. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's that's the tale of the Sultan and Prince Jeffrey. No, I mean, it, it goes on, but apparently. The Sultan ended up suing Prince Jeffrey for embezzlement. I mean, dang, the Sultan was out for blood. He was. I mean, respectable, Mr. Sultan, I guess. I guess. I have no idea. Katie, we're too poor. I'm, oh. We're too poor to understand these rich people problems. I'm lucky if my bank account sees a couple hundred dollars. Like, I mean, you're just very poor with your money. But I mean, I'm unfortunate with money. Yes. But also, I don't I don't know what it's like to have just this stupid amount of money. Just a stupid amount of money where you can either buy a hippo or (laughs) no, not just one hippo. You buy three, three female hippos and one male hippo and then you can have as many hippos as you fucking want. Or you can buy yourself a yacht and call it tits. (laughs) I mean, which would you do? I would probably buy a yacht and name it Tits, honestly. I mean, Katie, if you and I are ever rich enough to buy ourselves a yacht, you do realize we have to name it Tits. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my next yacht will be named Tits for Your next sure. Yacht? Do you have one already? Yes, my next yacht. <laughs> What's the first yacht named? Doesn't have a name. Wasn't worthy. That's not lucky. That means that your yacht's probably going to sink. That's like some some sailor. Uh, Haley, you know, I don't have a fucking yacht. <laughs> I do. And I think that on that on that, on note, that note, I think on that note, I think we're we're pretty much wrapping this up. So uh, thanks for listening to outrageously unnecessary. Hopefully this gives you a taste for just the actual outrageous bullshit that people have bought and we'll see you in the next episode and have more just incredibly obnoxious things that people have flaunted their wealth with and And i'm going to end this on one last quote about prince jeffrey oh god please you could sell jeffrey anything all you had to do was tell him it was good do you think he could tell what is good and what is bad taste on what basis <laughs> Who's that a quote from? Um, uh, an attorney who uh, testified against him. Oh, that that's just amazing that that's a court. <laughs> that's something they said in court. You could sell him anything. You could sell him anything. Amazing. With that, oh geez, thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Please stop licking the ice sculptures. It is time to leave and the Duchess Margaret is not pleased and would like a lie down. Help yourself to the gilded peaches on your way out. Send your concerns and suggestions to outrageouslyunnecessary at gmail.com. Tot-top.